podcast recapping uh a lot of stuff that's happened in football this week including super bowl preparations uh, my name is anthony and sitting right across from me via zoom as always it's my pal de quincey hey everybody hey man how you doing i'm good man are you looking you're looking smooth my friend yes i am definitely more aerodynamic over here uh um, it looks good yeah um I'm, only if you i didn't even put this on facebook only person place you saw these pictures were on instagram basically mm-hmm. i shaved my head cut down the beard trying to look a little bit more presentable instead of looking like the black paul bunyan <laughs> uh, as you can see these grays ain't going nowhere they are that's distinguished here. yeah i'm distinguished old gentleman yeah man it was it was time for a change i mean i hadn't had a haircut since the damn pandemic started it was... i hear that i hear you I'm due for one myself, man. I, my hair's about midway down my back. If there was one place that was guaranteed not to be enforcing masks, it was a barbershop. So I just stayed out of there. <laughs> right. and at, at times, like, you know, I'm already, you know, going bald in the front and up top. So I was like, let's just come on home, shave this all up. It's a good look, man. Yeah. Thank you, sir. You got to, uh, that's, that's, it's always good when. Uh, a guy got, shaves and, and he's got uh, a good got, shaped skull. <laughs> I got the head for it. Yeah. He's not misshapen. It would have been uh, like, oh. Uh, I was worried that I would get out of the bathroom. My girlfriend, like, oh, God, get the glue. Get the super glue. I'm just glad, you know, it, it would have been would have would have been obvious if I had said, uh, I think we turn the camera off and uh, <laughs> I think we got to start recording right away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, another thing, but my mask it fully goes down to my chin now. I can, hey, there you go. Yeah. You're fully compliant. Yeah, I'm compliant now. Whereas before, it was just uh, best we can do. Right. <sighs> but like you said, we're here to talk about football. Um, so we're gonna start before we get into the games. There's something that was announced today that I want to get to. Uh, basically because it's, it's kind of a throwaway topic. Today, the Washington professional football team announced their new name. New name. From this day forward, they would be known as the Washington Commanders. Your no thoughts? The football team. They the are now the Commanders. R.I.P. Teenies. <laughs> I got I to be honest. I was getting used to the name. So... Mm-hmm. I like uh, uh, it was like uh, those soccer clubs that just go by football club or whatever. I I enjoy just them being the Washington football team. Yeah. The only way it was better for me if they call themselves the Washington professional football team. <laughs> I mean, that I I like that. I'm not really feeling the Commanders. Mm-hmm. It feels like just something that you you name your team so you can quote unquote honor the military. Right. You know, you know, there's, uh, you know, people in charge in Washington, you know, 
it's they're all over the place and all that stuff and blah blah blah. So it's like, yeah, let's let's go with that. Yeah. Uh, if it seems like they had better options, they just centered on this because the easiest one to trademark. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> apparently, like uh, I think it was Red Tails or oh, Red Wolves. Like someone had already put in the uh, trademark on it, and I think it might have been Red Wolves and Red Tails that have been trademarked. And, mm-hmm. and they just picked the ones that was easiest to get. That's what it felt yeah. like. I, it's not. It doesn't feel original. Like it's a name that we'll get used to saying. And we got used to calling our football team Houston Texans, so we'll get used Ooh. to calling any team anything. Yeah, that's but, time. We're due for it. We've long overdue for a change on that one. In my oh, speak, man, I saw this from ESPN. Uh, they're talking about how the name, how every team got their name. <laughs> and God, of course, now I'm not going to be. Oh, okay. Oh, how did your team get his name? Let me find our pitiful Houston Texans. Here we go. So. After the franchise was awarded to Houston, the organization used focus groups, came up with some ideas, and there are five options. Are you ready? Okay. They, they thought these were the, the best of the five. Texans, Bobcats, Stallions, Wildcatters, Apollos. Man. Uh, as bad as the Texans is, Apollos is maybe the second like would have been the best of that of the Houston Apollos I don't know no not even Bobcats I don't I don't are there Bobcats in Houston I don't I've never seen a Bobcat here I neither have I um oof man that's rough that is rough and of course Bob McNair, may he rest in hell, made the final decision saying, I'm proud to be a Houstonian. I'm proud to be a Texan. Yeah, well, <sighs> yeah. I mean, his team, so whatever. Well, it was while he was that was above ground. Um, you know, when you when I say those five names, it's like, OK, well, the Texans are the best of that option, I guess. We we need to see what the we need a um like a 30 for 30 on these damn focus groups. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Yeah, I don't know. Well, this was what 2002. Yes, I don't know. Well, before that, because the team started playing in 2002, so mm-hmm. so 2000, 2000, 2001. Yeah, yeah, who knows, man? That's you know, it is what it is now, but it's like when I think about it, I'm like, man, we uh, I, I would like to see us change it, but you know. Obviously, that's not going to happen. There's too much money in, involved and invested mm. already in in the Houston Texans. So, I, but only, you know what? There's only I, one I name that would make like the majority of Houston happy, and that's the Houston Oilers. And the Tennessee mm-hmm. Titans aren't coming off of that. Oh no, man! They yeah. they they can make a lot of money still yeah. off that one, off those uh, jerseys, those oh, throwbacks. It pisses me off so much they put those throwback jerseys. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, let's, you let's know, it would make me feel better about the Houston Texans name. Knowing full well that Bud Adams is also roasting in hell next to Bob. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, not that. 
Um, winning. Because as the old adage goes, winning cures all. And yeah. uh, if the team were winning, we wouldn't be talking about this. We'd be, we'd be sitting high and, uh, you know, enjoying our, our hometown football team. Yeah, that's the same thing former uh, Washington players have said. It's like, as long as they win, no one's going to give a damn about the team name. That's true. Mm-hmm. All right, on to happier news. Teams that actually won uh, last week in the Super Bowl, we're getting a Bengals-Rams Super Bowl. Man. Something that seemed out of the, the realm of possibility for this season started. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which game would you like to start with? Let me get options. Let's talk about the uh, Bengals and, and Chiefs because I I didn't actually didn't watch the uh, the NFC title game. It was my sister's sister's birthday that night, and we all went to dinner and whatnot, and just wasn't able to keep up with it or, or mm-hmm. watch it. I mean, I was kind of following along on, on the ESPN app, but um, but that Chiefs Bengals game, man, I I was watching it, um, you know halftime it was start, it looks like it was starting to get away when and it was 21 to nothing after the, the Chiefs scored that third touchdown I almost texted you well thanks for showing up Cincinnati right. have a safe trip home I almost yeah. texted you and I'm so, yeah I thought it was a wrap because I, for me it was like okay even if the Bengals offense starts picking it up there's no way that their defense can stop the Chiefs and boy was I wrong yeah I, you know Halftime, it went to halftime, and the score I think was 21 to 10. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't sit through halftime. I just don't watch it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll watch the halftime show, the Super Bowl, but, you know, halftime hits, they hit the locker room. I'm changing the channel. Uh, I think I put on, or maybe I put on Netflix. So, like, I mean, I, I changed the channel because I'm like, I'm not going to watch the show, the halftime show. And so I was like, well, you know, it's, getting out of hand, you know, it's, it's looking a little rough. Uh, I'm going to take my time with whatever I'm watching. So if I watch a full 30 minute show, I'm going to miss 15 minutes of, you know, regulation of the third quarter. Um, and so I turned the TV back on, I turned it back on the game and I think there was like five minutes left in the third quarter mm-hmm. and Kansas city had not scored at all in the third quarter up to that point. And I said, are you kidding me? They've, they've held Kansas City to zero points the majority of the third quarter. This is this is unbelievable. And I'm like, okay, we got a game now. It's it's getting close. Because at that point, it, I mean, the third quarter ended, and it, I think the score was 21 to 17. Uh, at the end of the third, it was – no, it was 21 all. 20, okay, yeah. Because Cincinnati came out, I think they got a field goal, a touchdown, and a two-point conversion, scored 11 points in the third. That's right. They held Kansas City scoreless. Uh, What fact is more amazing, that Kansas City only scored three points in the second half or Joe Burrow only getting sacked one time the entire game? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I can't remember if it was – Jim Nance or um, uh, Tony Romo that pointed out, but I heard it and I had to go right into the computer. I was like, how only one time? Because it felt like he was running around scrambling for his life damn near the entire time. 
And, you know, we both talked about it last week. We both we both believe that, you know, the Bengals offensive line would not be able to hold up to the Chiefs defensive line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was it got a little nerve wracking, but you only give up one sack the entire game after giving up nine the previous. You did your damn job. Yeah. You know, I feel like the bigger story is holding Kansas City scoreless because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in the AFC title game, when you're in a, a title game scenario win or go home you have to improve from the week before if if you um if your offensive line has given up nine sacks the week before if you want any chance of winning that game of being of that being of that game being competitive you have to improve and there's no way the Bengals offensive line could have gotten worse than they were the week before yep so the, the, the fact that they held Kansas City scoreless in the third quarter to give their offense a chance to get back in the game, which, which it did, um, I mean, that's the biggest story to me right there. Out of those two, of course. Yeah, you got Patrick Mahomes, Tyrese uh, Hill, and Travis Kelsey scoring three points and a half. And honestly, that three points – like they, if you look back at the last two minutes of the fourth quarter, they kind of got lucky score getting that field goal in. Mm-hmm. They got all the way down to, I believe, the Bengals' four yard line and just basically went backwards. Yeah. And, you know, Kansas City's offensive line let, let Mahomes down because he got sacked late in the game. He got sacked in overtime. He got intercepted, you know, throughout the game. You know, that's overall, I think it's the play of Patrick Mahomes and the offensive line is probably what is the biggest story out of everything. I don't know. I mean, you could talk about Joe Burrow and his heroics, you know, that incredible scramble late in the game to keep the, you know, the drive going. And, um, you know, there's so many different things that happened that game that were just like, you're again, you're just like, what, what am I watching? Like, and then for it to go into overtime again. <laughs> did you like, see? You gotta be kidding me. Did you see um, Josh Allen's tweet? No. When it went to overtime, he just tweeted pain. <laughs> and for yeah. Kansas City to win the coin toss at home again. <sighs> what, what, what Tails never fails. Exactly. Tails you never fails. Always tell me that. Remember that. And then, you know. Hats off to the to the Cincinnati defense to put that pressure on on Mahomes to get him, you know, to uh, you know do try and do too much. Essentially, is what what it was. You know, your offense has has been shut out the whole time, the whole second half. It's going to force you to to you know overreach and and make bad throws, and and it's, that's exactly what happened. He made a bad throw, and you know it it was already fourth or I think fourth down or third down, I think. So, you know, they were getting ready to punt the ball anyways, which give them the ball at the at midfield essentially with the, with the interception. Mm-hmm. And that was all she wrote. Yeah. Um, and I was listening to uh Bomani Jones' show and he was talking about the chiefs um, wide receivers. And he basically pointed out the chiefs don't have that go up and get it type wide receiver. You know, the guy who can go up, just jump out, right. leap everybody and get those 50, 50 balls. Like, yep. Tyreek Hill is a burner who outrun everybody, and and uh, Kelsey can catch anything that's thrown within two yards of his area. But they don't have that guy who just can 
like uh, DeAndre Hopkins, that guy who just go up and go get the ball at his highest point. They don't have that guy. And (laughs) on that last interception, Mahomes tried to turn Tyreek into that guy, and it did not work out at all. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was thinking. You don't have a DeAndre Hopkins type. You don't even have a Rob Gronkowski or Tony Gonzalez type, Mm -hmm. you know, with your – your tight end being one of your, your your second best receivers, you know, one A, one B, whatever you want to call Kelsey and and Hill, but he's not that guy either that 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 uh, can make that spectacular play. You're right, he he's good after a, a dump pass and he can gain a plenty of yards, but I was watching highlights of Gronk in his prime and it's like holy cow, this guy was a monster at tight end. You know, and we've seen all we've seen plenty of footage of, of Tony Gonzalez with mm-hmm. the Chiefs and and the Falcons. You know, Antonio Falcons. Gates, Antonio Gates, another one. Um, Jason, well, not Jason Witten. He was he was a grinder, like yeah, in the mold of Kelsey. But uh, just thinking about all the great tight ends that have you know that have played before him. But um, yeah, and it's it's scary to think that maybe they're that just that one. Uh, big receiver left to to really cement themselves as you know the only threat that's crazy that we're saying that about a team that's been to four AFC championship games and two Super Bowls but I think if you have a guy like DeAndre Hopkins a guy like you know uh, Andre Johnson and and those in that mold that makes you damn near unstoppable Mm. Thank God they don't have a guy like that. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, man, this was a great game, and you know, yeah. I thought it was over uh, before, after that Chiefs third touchdown. I'm so glad I was wrong. Um, I'm not gonna lie; it's when I turn, I stopped watching the game just like you did, and then I come back to see it's tied up. And I, at that moment, I'm rooting <laughs> for the Bengals. Of course, <laughs> like of course. no offense to Kansas City, they're a great team. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, MVP candidate, all that. Love Andy Reid, but I was rooting for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, yeah. and it's a great Joe story. Burrow. I mean, you know, Cincinnati going back to the Super Bowl for the first time in you know what 34 years. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Burrow in his second year, his first full year as a as a quarterback. I mean, um. You know, uh, earning that number one overall pick status faster than it, a, a lot of the number one overall picks in recent memory. I think they said this is the second time in NFL history two number one overall picks at quarterback go against each other. Do you know the wow. other time? The other time. Yeah. It's happened recently. Hmm. You know. Oh, uh, was it? No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Philly and New England. Mm-hmm. Huh. Let me tell you. One second. I'm not going to look at the result, but I'm going to look. At- All right, I get you. I wish that uh, I could play the Jeffrey theme. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> we yeah. don't have the budget for it. <laughs> Shit, we barely got the budget to record. Um <laughs> You say um, one thing about Cincinnati. They have talent coming there on the offensive side. Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, uh, Jamar Chase. All those guys have first-round talent. The only one that wasn't picked in the, in the first round was Joe Mixon because he went a little punch-happy for his draft. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, they are unbelievably talented. Um, if I'm since that the only thing I do during off season is beef up that offensive offensive line because <laughs> it right now it's basically you, me, and three other guys from Home Depot and try <laughs> to just make sure that Burrow has as many weapons as he can have. Mm-hmm. You got it? Man, I don't think I do. You ready? I'll tell you. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Carolina versus Denver. Was, I was thinking that Carolina versus that's Cam, right. I was Cam Newton versus Peyton Manning. That's right. I was like, who did who played in that Super Bowl? I, I was like, who was the quarterback at that time? That's right. That is right. Oh man, I didn't even know this. T Higgins. Mm-hmm. This is what his third year in the league, I think. Let me check. Stats, 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 stats. Broke a thousand yards this year. Oh no, it's only his second. Ooh. Yeah, have fun stopping the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, they only had number two. It looks like they have it. Chase Higgins and and Mixon, uh, yeah, have fun stopping that offense. That's like, I'm not saying that's you know as good as what Kansas City has, but if you're bringing that to the game, you've you're setting yourself up for a victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was shocked at this at this win. I thought that the Bengals, you know they were going to get there and they were going to have a good game. They're going to lose because we've seen time after time um, in order to make it to the big game, you have to get your heart broken first. And that's happened in every sport, (laughs) Uh, but good on the Bengals for uh, breaking that and just plowing through to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So the big question is Mm -hmm. before we, touch on the rest of the other game and, and looking into the Super Bowl. Does someone from the Cincinnati Bengals bring back the icky shuffle? I mean, that's the big question out of this whole – for the next two weeks. Oh, you didn't see Joe Burrow do the icky shuffle after the game? I'm talking about during the big game, though. Oh, okay. During the game, of course. <laughs> so all bets are it's, it's on Joe Burrow. If they intercept um, – what's his name? Stafford? Stafford, the entire defense is going to run into the end zone <laughs> and do the icky shuffle. I guarantee. I love it, man. That's awesome. Yeah, and yeah. I'll say so. The other side, San Francisco and L.A. Now you didn't watch too much of this game, did you? No, I didn't watch any of it. I I did. It was about what you could expect from San Francisco and uh, L.A. It's we talked about this before when um I was picking I was ranking the four quarterbacks left in the playoffs and I had Garoppolo fourth and I had Burrow second and it was I said at the time during the playoffs you're gonna need your quarterback to make a play mm-hmm. and now everyone there he's the quarterback that I trust the least and of course <laughs> he 
I know you didn't. So their last drive of the game, like they're trying to drive down the tie or take the lead. It's fourth and no, I'm sorry. It's first and one at their own 25. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. So ba- the incomplete pass, then there's a, a short pass, and then it's third and two. I'm sorry. Whoa, whoa. Third and th- 13. Jeez. Oh, okay. So first, first and 10, incomplete pass. Second and 10, it was a pass that went for negative three yards. Third and 13, Jimmy Garoppolo does his stupid ass pass where he is getting sacked and then as he's getting sacked he throws the ball up to to saint peter and all the angels up in heaven it gets picked off by a, a rams player and that's basically the end of the game if you saw what was it uh who did arizona play arizona i think it was arizona versus the uh, los angeles Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. With uh, Kyler in the end zone. Yeah, it was basically the same thing, getting wrapped up and just tossing the ball up to someone and getting, uh, getting picked off. That's exactly what happened in this game. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's what you – what more can you expect from the guy who was throwing passes um, with his eyes closed in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago? <laughs> but that's the story of the game. One team could trust their quarterback and one team couldn't. Yeah. And we know they couldn't because they traded up to take uh, what's his name Trey Lance third overall in the draft. You don't do that if you have a thirty-year-old quarterback that you trust. Mm-hmm. And the uh, you know, for, I guess for me the biggest story is is Matthew Stafford finally getting his shot at a Super Bowl. It's an interesting matchup with these two. Because it's not, it's not the the young buck going up against the aging veteran, you know, on his last leg. Matthew Stafford is in his prime, dude. Technically, I mean, basically, at thirty three years old. Oh, he's thirty three. I was just about to finally on a, on a good team. Isn't it nice to have a good team? <laughs> who would you who would you rather have, Stafford or Burrow, going to this game? Man, Um, right now I'm gonna say Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow has has had to beat better teams. Well, I don't. I mean, I'll I'll say Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow had to beat the best quarterback in football, and. Matthew Stafford had to beat the second best quarterback in football, but he didn't beat the be- second best quarterback in football. His defense beat that guy. I'm taking Joe Burrow because I think he's a better quarterback. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> I like it when we, whenever we have a question like that, you get deep and descriptive. And you try to, you know, you try to explain yourself, and I'm like, this, that, and the third is over. <laughs> hey, that's good. That's good enough for me too. Yeah. I think Burrow, I think Burrow's a better quarterback than than um, Stafford is. Um, and, but the difference is, he hasn't played a defense like this though. That's true. Aaron Donald, you know, is better than anybody on the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Better than anybody on Tennessee's defense. Um, Von Miller. Von Miller. Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a stacked defense. 
So it's going to be a very interesting matchup because uh, Cincinnati has a they, I mean, they've got a good running game as well. They're, they're going to have to mix it up perfectly in this game to, to win the Super Bowl. And it's going to have to be the perfect balance of, of running and passing because there's going to be very little room for error against this defense. And, of course, the offensive line has to give up no more than one sack in this game. Yeah. Um, Aaron Donald and Bob Miller might just have a picnic basket set up in the backfield. <laughs> and we're talking about a little all the neckerchief. We're, yeah, we're talking about all the stuff that the Bengals have to do on the on the offensive end. Defensively, they still have to stop Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. Like Bibbs, both Bibbs around the next day. huh? Bibbs around their next. Oh yeah, it's like both. It's like how do you stop either one of them? Both yeah. of them had over 100 yards in this game against the 49ers. And, yeah, I, I'll give the Bengals all the credit in the world for stopping, basically shutting down the Chiefs for a quarter. I mean, for a half. Can they do it for two halves? Can they do it again with right. a team that's had two weeks to prepare? Mm-hmm. Let's go to let me look at the odds. Right now, the odds have the Rams as a four and a half point favorite. So here's the the, the million dollar question then. Mm-hmm. Who do you have winning the Super Bowl this year? Oh. This is very hard because my head says the Rams, but my heart says the Bengals. <laughs> of course. Oh shit. Uh, let me go. I'll go with the Rams. Let me. Okay. Okay. Fair. Rams win. Honestly, the best story for me because I'm a petty person would be the Rams win and Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, wins MVP, which solidifies his father as the best father <laughs> of the decade. <laughs> Get him the fuck out of Cleveland. All right. Final score. Uh, oh shit! I gotta do this. It's too early for that. We'll 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 do final scores next week when we when we uh, have a better idea of like there's if there's any injuries you know to report if there's you know any arrests because that happens certainly during Super Bowl week. <laughs> like the time the NFL Man of the Year got busted for <laughs> prostitution <laughs> the night before the Super Bowl. <laughs> Ooh, I lo- I love whenever someone brings up the Atlanta Falcons to Bomadi Jones because he goes through all the shit that's happened to them since he's been a fan. And that's number two under the time their quarterback got busted for running a a dog fighting ring. So what was it? Monty Jones, you said? Who? The the Falcons? Uh, Bomadi Jones. No, uh, who was the player? Oh, I don't. NFL Man of the Year gets, I do not remember. Man of the year. Arrested. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Eugene Robinson. <laughs> so when you say, when you're talking about, you know, you mean Eugene R? Or wait, no, E. Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. That, no, wait. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's a Simpsons joke for you. Oh, audience. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> man. Oh, man. I don't know if you ever saw the episode of um, Hot, was it Highly Questionable? Yeah. Where basically it's uh, Bomani, Dan, and Poppy talking about the the Falcons and he just goes through just the backbreaking things that they've gone through, like 28 to three, the quarterback getting arrested, their um, head coach leaving dear John letters in a locket while he's dipped to Arkansas. The one time in a playoff game, Jerry Rice went off while they had Deion Sanders cover the other guy. It's just, it's just a mountain of misery. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll make. Uh, hold, on, hold on, you got to pick who you think's gonna win. Well, that's what I'm saying. We'll we'll make uh, score predictions next week, because again, you know, as much as we joke, those things happen: injuries, you know, uh, extracurriculars off the field. It all, it could very well happen. So um, just because you said the, the Rams, I'm going to go with the Bengals mm-hmm. just so we can, you know, somebody will pick a winner in this, <laughs> in this discussion. You, maybe you'll actually win a bet. I'd like to win one oh, sometime on. in this life. <laughs> Once in this lifetime. Well, hold on. Since we're talking about bets. Okay. Royal Rumble 2022. The over-under for the Bobby Lashley-Brock match was, what, 12 minutes? Oh, that's right. Wikipedia has it down as 10 minutes and 15 seconds. You've got to be kidding me. Fudge. All right, I'll bend more. I'll let that one slide because that was interference. That's true. That's okay. Fair enough. Unlike Bobby Lashley, I can't take my victories from interference. I can't. I, I, I'm, <laughs> right. Unfortunately, my mother and father raised me with some kind of honor. Damn it. <laughs> when for that honor, I'd be out here robbing everything. Anywho. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm picking the Rams right now. You're going to take the Bengals. Yeah. Oh, what, we'll, do you, oh what do you think about the halftime show? Uh. <laughs> my favorite thing about the halftime show is somebody tweeted that it's Stafford and uh, and Eminem at the Super Bowl. It's as close to the Super Bowl as Detroit's ever going to get. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to that guy who tweeted that because that is cold-blooded. Imagine someone telling you 30 years ago that Snoop was going to be on the halftime show. <laughs> and he's like the least problematic person on the the most uh, yeah the, the most liked yeah it's like Mary J. Blige and Snoop yep they told you you were crazy mm-hmm. I think right now the most hated person is Dr. Dre because of that uh, divorce he just went through mm-hmm. yeah um, you think there are going to be any special um, special guests. Man, I don't know how they could fit anymore. I know. I heard someone talking about, oh, maybe they'll have some members of NWA or maybe D12 or like some other w- people. I was like, you realize there's already five people there. Yeah. And the halftime show was what? 15, 20 minutes? Yeah, give or take. 
Yeah, this 20 minutes, that's enough time for all of them to do, what, two songs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be fine. What was last? Last year was The weekend. Oh, yeah, that's right. I heard that was good. Yeah, I have not. Sorry, we're about to go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> Until halftime show performance history. Okay. About to look through. So last year was the weekend. Before that was Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. Yep. Oh yeah, that's right. I don't remember any of that. <laughs> Future WWE Hall of Famer Bad Bunny was there. Was he? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I again, I, I barely watched these halftime shows. I the, you know, story I tell the most to people about the halftime show is, I guess I was like thirteen or fourteen, and I you know, fell asleep during the halftime show one year, and uh, I woke up. I think I watched some more of the game, but just wasn't interested. Went back to sleep, and then I woke up the next morning getting ready for school. Turned on the news, and everybody was talking about Janet Jackson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're 13 or 14 years old at the time, a boy, and you're like, what? I missed what on television? Yeah, shit. That was, I was the, only, the only kid in school who wasn't talking about yeah. what happened the night before. Here in Houston, 2004. Yep. Um, oh, so I was probably 15. You remember like the bad ones, you remember the good ones, and they're just a bunch of mid in between. Mm-hmm. Like the ones I remember, Prince. That's the cons- most people say that might be the best one. That's usually at the top of the list for, uh, or at least top five best it's, performances. It's number one for me. He was singing Purple Rain in the rain and was the only mm-hmm. person that didn't get wet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Prince was a witch. And then, like, it's so crazy. Like, you can see when everything changed after 2004 because the next one, Paul McCarthy, the Rolling Stones, Prince, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Bruce Strings, uh, Springsteen, and then the after who? that, The Who. Yeah. And then uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers did one, one year, a few years later, and that was a big thing because Flea was playing his instruments uh, wireless. Oh, when was that? Man, I don't even remember. I don't even see that on here. Was it? Uh, Maybe two thousand fourteen. No, fourteen. Oh, okay. Because I'm looking at the oh the headliner of Bruno Mars. That's yeah, okay. Right. That's right. Yeah. Let's see. I also remember I remember the Justin Timberlake one because that was right around the time he was dropping that album that went double. Uh, aluminum uh-huh. and then I remember the Maroon 5 one because 
they were having in Atlanta and to have Maroon 5 as your <laughs> opening act, your starring act instead of like, oh, I don't know, Outcast. Right. I don't know. I feel like people make a big deal about the halftime shows and then after it happens, like, eh. Yeah, I mean, it's really nothing nothing more to talk about after that, you know. Mm-hmm. It was either good or bad. All right. So speaking of the Super Bowl, let's talk about a man who has come almost synonymous with the words. Yeah. One Thomas Edward Brady Jr. has finally decided to retire from the NFL. Man, what a run. The greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, let's just get to it. I don't know who you can put above him. Yeah. I mean, he's got seven seven rings. Seven rings, ten appearances? Yeah. I bet those two losses to the Giants just eat at him. Oh, you know they do. Because it's it's one thing to lose, you know, to uh, dirt face Eli Manning. Eli Manning once, but to lose to him twice—that means someone's got you. Yeah. <laughs> Which one was worse? You think the the first one where they lost their chance of being undefeated, or the second one where they lost their chance to get revenge? Whichever, I think the worst one was whichever one that resulted in David Tyree writing that book. Oh, that's the first one. About the catch. (laughs) More than just a catch. I think that was like his last catch in the NFL, too. I believe so. Mm -hmm. Um, So what's the one lasting memory that you'll have of Tom Brady? Um, Man, a fire I've never seen from any other quarterback guy who didn't want to take any down uh, or take any play off. Yeah, because that's how he got the job. <laughs> True, yeah. so got hurt. He came in. The rest is history. Um, I think 28 to 3. Yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll that... always remember that personally because that Super Bowl was here. Mm-hmm. And so I was watching the game and it went to overtime. It's like, the, I think it's the first um, – Overtime game in the World Series, World Series, and Super Bowl here three. And so I was just sitting there watching the game, and I was watching the Patriots drive down. And at the time, I lived right across from Reliant. I don't care if it's called NRG. We're calling Reliant this house. And like they were at the the um, goal line on my TV, but I could hear the fireworks going off at the stadium. <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess they scored. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. I think that's my lasting image. And like, there's so many other things. You got like the tuck rule. Uh, one of my favorite things happened that wasn't, it was because of him, but it wasn't him. It was after, I can't remember what loss it was, but it lost in playoffs. And Giselle Bunchin, she's like talking to like <laughs> the other play wives, like, my husband cannot throw the ball and catch the ball at the same time. Right. I remember that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
Oh, was that the the flake game? Was it? 2016. Brady was suspended for the first four games. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I look at this guy as, you know, a guy who could have kept playing. Bro, I'm so surprised he didn't keep playing. It's not because, oh, he's such a great player. Just out of spite for that <laughs> report coming out like a day early. Right. It's like, I'll show you, Adam Schefter. Like, you know what? I am coming back yeah. next year. Yeah, no, I, I was expecting it too. You know, like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> mm-hmm. That type of thing. And I'm, I am a little surprised that, you know, he didn't uh, go on a farewell run. I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, maybe I am because it's like so many people don't like him. Yeah, I think he also said that he didn't want to do the uh, final tour type thing. Yeah. Like once he was done, he was done. He didn't want to do the whole, uh, oh, hey, it's your last thing here. Let's make a big thing over it. So. And it's hard to uh, it's hard to say, man. Maybe I should have retired last year, go out on top when he had the year he had this year. Mm-hmm. You know, led the league in every category, every statistical category. Like, it's got to sting a little bit to to get bounced in the first first round or uh, second round. Same. Yeah, um, but I guess you know, personally, it's probably cushioned by just the year that he had overall, which is historic. Yeah. I mean, uh, what else can you say about Tom Brady? Yeah. Greatest that's ever played. Greatest quarterback. Crazy to say about a six-round pick that no one wanted. (laughs) Not even the Patriots. Once in a generation. That's the the definition of a a once-in-a-generation player. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got Jordan, you've got LeBron, you've got Kobe. But a guy to basically come out of obscurity to become the greatest at his position, I mean, I don't know. You might have to, I, I, you could make a case to rank that higher than the other goats of their respective sports. Yeah, I can't make an argument about that because the people you name. Um, Jordan and like Bonds and they were always destined for greatness to be mm-hmm. a guy who basically came out of nowhere and turned into one of the best of all times at your position. Technically, he's got more titles than Jordan. <laughs> Not technically, that's math. <laughs> Seven's more than six. No alternative math over here, boys. <laughs> Um, so congratulations Tom Brady amazing job uh, from a man who apparently has never eaten a strawberry in his life Eh, I mean personally he's not missing much in my opinion I don't blame him for that strawberries I like strawberry flavoring Mm -hmm. but the the actual fruit itself like eh, I can take it or leave it I like strawberries and smoothies sure yeah but chewing on a strawberry, I can I can do without. 
I have a smoothie after this podcast. I'll let y'all know. All right. So we're going to end the podcast with the biggest bombshell that happened this week. And <laughs> it's one of the reasons I'm glad that we uh, didn't do this on Monday. Yeah. Former, oh boy. Yeah. I mean. This is great. So former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores has sued the NFL and three teams in particular, the Dolphins, the Broncos, and the Giants, alleging discrimination regarding his interview process with Denver, New York, and his firing last month by Miami. So <laughs> which team do you want to start with? You know, no, no, let's start with the Broncos. Cause apparently the, what he alleged in his lawsuit was the Broncos when they, um, they had an interview to hire him back in 2019. Um, basically their head of operations, um, uh what's his name john elway john elway uh, uh showed up at their meeting like an hour late and hung over yeah and you know uh... now uh, before we go any further i want to say it all of course every team has denied these allegations uh nothing's been proven true yet and right. nfl has denied everything but we're just saying what brian flores is has reported and I've, I've, reporting what he said. Sorry. Right, and and I think it's I think it's uh, I don't have a problem talking about the Broncos situation first because I think it's the quickest one we could get through mm-hmm. because out of all the allegations, it's the least provable at this point. You know, the, there's no breathalyzer taken by those guys. You know, however many years ago that was. Um, you know, that's uh, that that allegation itself is is. Uh, you know, purely subjective, you know, that's what he saw from those guys, you know, whether they were or not. I mean, we'll never know basically. So that one, you know, like if that one is dismissed, I'm okay with that. Like I'm, it's the least I would be um, surprised or upset about. Mm-hmm. If that was true, it's like you really you show up to a meeting an hour late and hungover. Like, don't even show up. Like, just call in sick. I just say you got You're, just it's your team. Like in this day and age, I can do is say, Hey, I came in close contact with someone who tested positive. Like, no one's gonna we're not gonna dig any deeper into that. Yeah. You just it's just, your team. You you say, Look, I, I can't do this today. Mm-hmm. Something came up. And yeah. if you're still if if the person that you're rescheduling has a true interest in that job, they'll reschedule. Mm-hmm. They'll, of course. It's not the most professional thing, but it is if you want to avoid something like this. Mm-hmm. Something that, you know, is going to be talked about several years later. All right, so let's go to the Dolphins. So Flores alleges that <laughs> Dolphins owner Stephen Ross basically offered him $100,000 for every loss in the 2019 season uh, just to increase, uh, to uh, improve their draft position. And as the team was winning games late in that season, the uh, Dolphins general manager, Chris Greer, who's also black, told him Ross was pissed off that, basically his winning was compromised in the draft position 
well, very serious that's, that's it. So apparently also Flores alleged that Ross tried to pressure him into recruiting a quote-unquote prominent quarterback at the end of 2019. And when Flores refused because he didn't want to uh, be in violation of the tampering rules, mm-hmm. Ross allegedly invited Flores onto his yacht where he informed him that the quarterback was conveniently arriving at the marina okay. for a meeting. And basically Flores said, fuck this and left. Yeah. Oh, and wait. What are the odds? Yeah. And then Flores alleges after that happened, basically the team described him as someone who was non-compliant, difficult to deal with, a mild content. Yeah. I think the the pay to, to uh, pay to tank and sullying someone's good name because you know, the Giants or the Broncos or the Texans or the Saints could all call Stephen Ross and say, you know, because that's what you do. You have to, you're, you're probably going to make that call and, and see if there's anything you can find out about the character of this person. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Ross could easily say, oh, he's, he's difficult to work with. Yeah. And if you're a, <laughs> like, I've personally, seen... personally, that's the most damning. Yeah, as soon as as a black person, as soon as you get that difficult to work with tag, good luck finding a job in your profession. Right. It's the most insulting, uh, you know, part of that. A close second is being asked to tank. And that's that's more serious for football, Mm -hmm. not just Brian, not Brian Flores, but for football in general. Because yeah. that's a bigger problem than any any person in football, black or white or whatever. I mean, th- that th- that's the integrity of the game, of the game itself in jeopardy. Yeah, I saw Stephen A. talking about this on First Take this morning, and I agree with him wholeheartedly. If the NFL finds out that uh, Ross did this, he should be barred from owning a team. Immediately. Faster than they got rid of uh, that other guy. From uh, uh, L.A. Uh, uh, sorry, guy's name. Are you talking about Donald Sterling? Yes, that guy. Right. Yeah, once you're paying someone to lose, um, like, like you said, it just ruins the integrity of the game. Not only that, but you cannot have as a, as a um, as an organization, you cannot have one team trying to lose on purpose when you're in bed with all these gambling industries now. Right. I mean, it just opens up a giant can of worms. It opens up Pandora's box. You know, every cliche in the book is is up for grabs in this discussion. Mm-hmm. And the only thing about this, though, is Stephen Ross is kind of right. <laughs> because look who the number one pick was that year. It was Joe Burrow. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was Burrow. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was yeah. obvious. That's right. Yeah. Um, in terms of player scouting, not a not a bad eye at least mm-hmm. at least one time. But uh, you know, but in all seriousness, you know, it, it's it, it's uh, it's something that you cannot do. It's right up there with. Okay. 
it was right up there with Pete Rose. You know, we, I, we talked about it earlier, but you know, you're betting on the integrity of the game, you know, and, and you're, you're, you're devaluing the sport when you pull something like that. Allegedly. Totally allegedly. And also, um, like I, I said offline earlier, it's we, anytime. How do I put this? As a black coach, you're already behind the eight ball because for the majority of the time when that black coach is hired for a football team, he's hired to oversee a rebuilding project. Mm-hmm. So you already have you know, those those losses coming, those losses coming in. And if you're you got what maybe two, three years if you're lucky, one only one of your David Cully, but you can't be out here just losing like that because we see our time to time you lose over a period of two, three years. When you get fired, you're never going to get another head coaching job because those losses stay on your record no matter what happens to the team after you leave. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Shit, we see what happens when black head coaches are successful at their job. Look at what happened to Jim Caldwell. He was told, we were told nine and seven wasn't good enough for the Lions. That's why he's got fired. They ain't sniffed nine wins since. <laughs> no, not even close. You talk about, you talk about a guy right here in Flores. He, the last, he's gone 500 his last two years. He turned that team around from being sub 500 his first year there to a 10 and six uh, playoff team. They made, uh, in 2020 and all the talk going into the season is they're one quarterback away mm-hmm. like how do you go from one quarterback away to fired in the course of one season it, it it's baffling it's 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 you know it's disgusting That's a, it just doesn't make any sense and now everything that we saw before where you know the team was talking about how he was difficult to work with and the whole Deshaun Watson debacle where he wanted him or didn't want him and and in and everything that the front office said now we know and everything that was said meanwhile the players were like no he was we worked fine we worked hard for him he was great and I like if these allegations are true we can we we see why it's basically them being butthurt for him not tanking and him not he tried to do everything the right way and still got punished for it. It's one thing to follow orders, but it's one thing to follow unethical orders. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's what, that's the difference. That's, you know, that's how we got here. Yeah. As a, as floor as if I'm an upstanding right guy and you're my owner, you're coming in and you're doing shady practices. Well, you don't trust me because you feel like I'm a snitch on you. And I definitely can't trust you because you're doing dirty shit. Mm-hmm. Like well, the second that, that, uh, alleged tampering happened like the relationship is fractured and it seemed like no matter what Flores did on the field hell he could have made a run to the Super Bowl they probably would have still fired his ass right but before we move on to the last thing between Flores and the Giants some news came out this afternoon former Cleveland head coach Hugh Jackson accuses the Cleveland Browns of incentivizing losing during the 2016-2017 seasons. Basically, he said the same is the same thing. The owner of the Browns, uh, I think it was Jimmy Haslam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a four-year plan. They were trying to lose their first two years and then turn around and 
years three and four. He was offered bonus money for losses. Like he said himself, like it wasn't a hundred thousand dollars per loss, but it was it was nice. Right. Nice little bonus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean this his but, exact words. He said he wasn't offered $100,000 for every game, but there was a substantial amount of money made within what happened in this situation every year at the end of it. And he, he, he said that he talked to the NFL and Commissioner Roger Goodell about the Browns plan, and nothing came of it. He tried to go to arbitration in his case against the Browns, and nothing happened. And if what he and his uh, representatives said is true, like they have evidence of this, um, of this happening, I mean, this is <laughs> Jimmy Hasley can't own the Browns. If you are involved, you got to go. Mm-hmm. You know, like the NFL has its has a, a lot of issues with integrity at this point. I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at these two cases, you or these two allegations. You look at, you know, the, you know the blackballing of, of Colin Kaepernick. Whether you, wherever you stand with that guy or the issue, you know, there's clearly, a you know, a concerted effort to not allow him to play. Look at uh, what happened to with the Saints with the the bounty gate. You know, th- there's there's a lot of uh, dirty shit that goes on and mm-hmm. it's uh, even that one coach uh, many years ago for the jets when he tripped the player on national television <laughs> running down the sideline oh, I, yeah. mean, <laughs> I mean you know it, it's you can only hope that it's you know that this will make some real impact but you know at the at, as we speak i mean there's there is a lot of stuff that's going on still that, you know, hasn't been taken care of. Yeah. And so the last thing I'm going to talk about is the issue going between Flores and the Giants. And it all starts with a bad text. <laughs> so <laughs> something we've all done. Uh, unfortunately, yes. We've all so, sent the text mistakenly, you know, text someone that we weren't usually, supposed to text. Usually the yak is flowing. We do that. But, you know, I think right. Bill was 100% sober. So what happened was Flores had an interview for the Giants on the 27th of January, I believe. Mm-hmm. But before his interview, he got a text from Belichick. And I'll just read the text. Um, I'll just go through. Belichick, sounds like you have landed. Congratulations. Flores, did you hear something I didn't? Belichick, Giants? And um. This is a note. He texts like I would expect a 70-year-old man to. It's like Giants and ex- question mark, question mark, exclamation mark, question mark. Uh, <laughs> going on. Flores said, I interview on Thursday. I think I have a shot at it. Belichick, got it. I hear from Buffalo and the New York Giants that you're their guy. Hope it works out if you want it to. Flores, that's definitely what I want. I hope you're right, Coach. Thank you. A little bit later. Coach, are you talking to Brian Flores or Brian DeBole? <laughs> Just making sure. Belichick, sorry, I fucked this up. I double-checked and misread the text. I think they're naming the bowl. Sorry about that, BB. Flores, thanks, Bill. So, this is some... 
who would have thought that Bill Belichick would be the one to blow a scandal wide open? <laughs> Compared, um, concerning Compared his history, <laughs> his history <laughs> of, of hiding scandals. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, questions I have. So how did Bill Belichick know that Brian DeBow was going to be named the head coach? It's Bill Belichick. Uh, yeah, it's Bill Belichick. You're like, how, why did he get that information out? Um, two, and I think this is the most damning question: Was uh, Brian Flores just a token interview to satisfy the Rooney Rule? I mean, based on the text, there's no, there's no other way to look at it. There's no other conclusion to come to that than other than. He's just, you know, just filling the quota. And like I just for Flores, he still went to interview. He did the best he could. He didn't get the job. But for me, like I wouldn't even show up for the goddamn interview. I'm, I'm well, not going to be your token Negro just for right. you to say, just to say, oh, we did it. We found a blackie and move on. And I already hired. If you already have the dude, you want to. This is my problem with the Rooney Rule. It there is no like. There's no punishment for it. Mm-hmm. Like if you just make it a token interview and we know like every p- black person knows when they've been interviewed for some, for some job and it's just been a bullshit interview for them to check off the, we, we talk to a minority for 15 minutes, get off our back. Mm-hmm. Well, I think in this case, you know, uh, I don't know how long, and I, I watched it. He did a, a 20 minute interview on ESPN today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't addressed. But I don't. I don't know how long he, uh, how long it took him to decide whether to take legal action. But you know, let's say right then and there after that text, he decided, okay, I, I got to do something. I'm going to take some legal action. I'm going to look into it. Then you have to go to the interview because it it only helps your case. That well, you know, um, it's the same thing like with Stephen Ross labeling him difficult. The giant could could say, well, he never showed up. How could we interview him if he never showed up to the interview? You know, I I understand your point in terms of, you know, your, uh, um, your, your pride and your, you know, know, your own integrity, you know, and and the respect that's due to you as a candidate. Um, Yeah, of course, most of us would be like, screw that. I'm I'm not going to go. But I think for a a legal standpoint, I think it, it only helps his case that, he did go through with it, you know. He, um, you know, he did uh, appear to be um, cooperative and and really put his best foot forward to uh, make every effort he could to to get that job. And you know, I think if you skip the interview, then it, it hurts your case, you know, from a legal standpoint at least. So. I mean, legally, you're right now, but it's just, it's frustrating. Of course, no. Every, I, I like, can't imagine. Do everything right. And like, even with this evidence, the NFL is going to try to, oh, no, no, that's not, what, that's not what happened. Of course, we would never do such a thing as, you know, just token interview a black person, even though we've done it year in and year out. And there's only one black head coach right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the other black, head coaches got fired because he couldn't turn around a shitty Texans team whose quarterback is Mr. McNasty. 
<laughs> so. And yeah, you're I mean, right it, about the timing because this lawsuit came out yesterday on the 1st. And that interview was last Thursday. Right. So the ball probably got rolling as soon as those texts were, as soon as he read those texts, you know, all right, it's, it's time. It's time to do something mm-hmm. about this. Um, so, you know, uh, it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting case, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the burden of proof obviously is going to be on, on him as is, you know, any, um, any, uh, pro- well, not prosecutor, but any, uh, you know, complainant. So it's going to be, it's going to be an uphill battle for him, a- another uphill battle on top of just, you know, being who he is in terms of uh, his eligibility as a, as a head coach, you know, being a, 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 you know, a black candidate, you know, who's still a candidate for a few jobs. Yes, I would look. I would love for the Texans to hire him because I think he's a good coach. I have no yeah. faith in them because they're the Texans. Right. Um. So Bef- even a- before all this, even before this this issue came up, this uh, this lawsuit, like, yeah, I, who who wouldn't want that guy as a head coach, especially yeah. with with what he did with the uh, Dolphins? And if you're if you're the type of fan that is holding on to hope that maybe he could, he could be the, the, the guy that, um, you know, could, could repair the relationship between the organization and Deshaun Watson because everybody knows how much he likes, likes him. And it it does feel like the feelings mutual. So, you know, why wouldn't you want that guy? So a conspiracy theory has raised his ugly head. Uh Uh-oh. The conspiracy theory is Bill Belichick sent those text messages <laughs> on purpose and just made it look accidental to help his friend out. I would love it to be honest with you. I would that would be as as much hell as they've given Bill Belichick. That would be Bill Belichick being the white ally we need in times like these. <laughs> Absolutely, man. It would be it would be an amazing story if, if you know that was the case. Oh, man. All we can do is sit back and watch. Um, I'm not even sure what happens next legally. Mm-hmm. I'm not a lawyer. I don't play one on TV. <laughs> right. um, I think what I saw is like the NFL would try to go through arbitration. Basically, you see if they can do the same thing they did with um, Kaepernick, try to get a settlement or something. And if that doesn't happen and it goes to discovery, sit back because we can find out everything. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. And you saw how much shit dropped when those Washington emails leaked. I mean, John Gruden is out of a job because of that. Mm-hmm. So We shall see. I'm really hoping that it goes to discovery because I want to see everything. Of course. Absolutely. And the thing that Brian Forrest is asking for just basically helping the pipeline from for black um like black coaches, like lower level coaches, you know, building a pipeline so they become 
coordinators and worked the way up to the head coach, um, more black people in the GM and the front office. Uh, let's see. One other thing I would like to see transparency of pay for GMs, head coaches, and coordinators. That's one thing that I'm, I'd be interested in seeing, seeing who is getting overpaid, underpaid. <laughs> um, basically, if you're a black person, you can go like, why is he getting paid X and I'm only getting paid Y? And I, you know, I've been a top five offense or defense for the past three years. And he's mm-hmm. been, yeah, I would like transparency of pay, like, in any business puts more pressures on owners to act right. Increased number of black coordinators, incentivize higher retention of black GMs, head coaches, and coordinators. Like it's a lot of things and they need to figure out something, some way to make the Rooney rule stronger. Uh, But we'll, I mean, we'll see. Yep. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting spring and summer. I bet you this is not what Roger Goodell wanted to wake up to on February first. Beginning of Black History Month, you are your Super Bowl um, is set. You wake up, you log on ESPN, and you see that your ass is getting sued. <laughs> Fun times for Mr. Goodell. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have her to a nicer jackass. <laughs> all, right. all right, man. That's enough football for today, or at least that's all I got. Anything you want to talk about? That's all I've got. Uh, all right. So we'll get out of here. We'll be back next week. I've never been happier to delay a podcast. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it was great. All right, man. Well, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to get something to eat. I made some honey barbecue wings. Nice. Yes. That's one good thing that's happened during this whole coronavirus. Like people learning new talents. Like mm-hmm. I've been cooking up a storm. <sighs> Let's get out of here. Anthony, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Always. Especially mm-hmm. on important stuff. Especially yeah. when it comes to important stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll be back to our, our, our name stuff uh, next week. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, well, before I go, what you've been watching anything on t- uh, TV wise? No, no, nothing new. Nothing. A lot I got to catch up on. Yeah, I got to catch on Boba Fett. I think I'm with not- no football this weekend, I might be able to, I might have a chance to catch up on uh, Hawkeye yeah. and uh, maybe and maybe Boba Fett. My mom called me Sunday and I thought, she, it usually text, so it was a call I thought was something important. She called me to ask me if I had been watching Boba Fett. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, no, no, I'll start it. I'll start it. Um, so I'll start tomorrow. I'll start on Monday. Man, she texts me while I'm at work asking me if I started both. <laughs> she texts me the very next day. All it said was, well, well, yeah. <laughs> Here's a picture of her doing this, her arms up, right. <laughs> and cocked to the side. Yes. We're waiting. Yeah, we're waiting. The good thing is, not all the episodes are an hour. So I, I'd be able to kick it out because I, I've been a bad son. I haven't started yet. <laughs> it's crazy. My mom, she loves Star Wars and Star Trek. So you That's wonder awesome. where I get my nerd shit from. It was, <laughs> I got it from the womb. All right, let's get up out of here. We'll be back next week talking about something or other. Uh, thanks for listening, downloading, sharing. Love you all. And thank you.
for Anthony. I'm the Quincy. Later.